Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I really appreciate you joining today. We are going to be continuing our teaching regarding the full armor of God. So if you have been here recently, we've been discussing exactly that, the full armor of God and how critical it is to put on the full armor of God. And today we're going to zoom in on one aspect of the armor. So we're going to go even deeper today. And as reminded, this is a teaching, right? We're going to build upon it as much as we need to until the Holy Spirit tells us to move on. Amen. So if you remember recently, we were reading in Ephesians 6, uh, starting in verse 10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So not your power, not my power, his might. It's his power, God's power. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we've talked about that. Who puts on the armor? We put on the armor. And it says here, we need the armor in order to stand against the wiles or the methods, right? We discussed how Satan is very strategic, the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Again, we talked about this as well, how this is the hierarchy of Satan's kingdom. Right, He's the CEO and here are all the layers that follow with spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places being at the bottom. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, standing therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to stop there because we are zooming in on the breastplate of righteousness. So when we consider the breastplate of righteousness, this is our display. This displays such an important appearance for us, right? And it says a lot about us. It's the first thing that demons see. It's the breastplate that's on the front. If you touch your chest, that's where it's going to go. Amen. So it's the first thing that demons see. And we need to be aware of these teachings before we enter the war. Why? So we can evaluate ourselves to make sure we can stand firm against the wiles of the devil. Now, I want to mention here, you need to put on the full armor of God. So again, back to that teaching in Ephesians 6, right? From Paul. We can't just have the breastplate of righteousness. Although we are zooming in today, we are going to walk away with a good understanding of the breastplate of righteousness being our spiritual face. Amen? This is what identifies us again to the enemy. Satan is going to look at our face, our spiritual face, and he's going to determine, is this person going to bring the war? And again, the demons know us from the breastplate of righteousness. This isn't something that you can buy. It's something that is you. It's something that you live out and you must consistently live it. 
So today we will uncover a lot of false teachings in this podcast and truly in every episode we are uncovering a lot of false teachings. We are exposing those sugar-coated teachings because they are misleading so many Christians. Where are they leading them to? The wide path to hell. So you may hear many things here that contradict what others might teach and this is why this is called Take It or Leave It. So it's been a while since I've reminded you of the title of my podcast, but this is exactly why it's called Take It or Leave It. You can decide. At the end of the day, it is up to you and me to decide. In the Bible, it teaches us that we are the one who works out our eternal destiny so that we can end up in heaven or hell, and it's based on you. It's based on me, right, personally. So look in the mirror and you point to yourself and you say, it's based on me. It's based on how you choose to live this life. So though it's called take it or leave it, I hope that you take the teachings. I hope that you cherish them and that you implement them into your life, right? If you implement them into your life, you are going to see real change for the glory of God. But if not, if you don't like the teachings or you don't want to hear them, you can leave it. It's your choice. I'm the one who makes preparations here on earth for me, and you are the one who makes preparations for yourself. Faith is in the present tense because it's now, right? And I say that because we are in the now. It is up to us to exercise our faith, to take those risks for the Lord, right? Based on our faith, we need to live out our faith in this life. So again, I hope you take these teachings and truly cherish them and remember them. Amen. So back to Satan. He recognizes war by its appearance. So if we bring the war, he will see that in us. And I'm not referring to appearance, meaning clothes or makeup or how our hair is done. I am referring to the breastplate of righteousness. It's a spiritual appearance. Amen. So in the Bible, there's three sources of righteousness. So there's man. So man can be a source of righteousness, but righteousness of man. God, of course, but God through man. And then God himself, the righteousness of God. And before we look deeper into scripture, we need to understand what righteousness is. Right? What does it mean to be righteous? Theologians and Bible scholars, they have researched the meaning of many words. So when we seek to define these words in the Bible, we need to ensure that we are looking into a good source. It's a godly source. So this word is used in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it's going to lead you to a meaning that is quality in state and characteristic of being right. So the quality of being righteous you're going to find the words just, justice, carries moral honor. This, These are all things that make up the meaning of being righteous. So carrying moral honor, ethical honor, right? It's a divine attribute of God being righteous. It's a divine activity. It's a moral state. Amen? So now that we know what that word means, let's look at the righteousness of man. Today, we live in a world where people believe they live a righteous life. Man is right in their own eyes. And I'm not speaking about those outside the church and who are ignorant to the word of God. This applies to those who hear the word of God. It's hard for people to accept that there was one absolute standard of righteousness. People here on earth, they hear these questions that say, what is right? And then 
They answer themselves, but their answers are flexible. Oh, it depends. Or perhaps they say God understands. Their idea of righteousness and their meaning of righteousness is based on their own personal opinion. And I want to pause right there because there are many that are going to challenge you on the word of God. And I just want to encourage you, do not lead them based on opinion. You stand on the word of God. That is not an opinion. That is what he says. But still, many people, they base their meaning of righteousness and how they're going to live their life based on their personal opinion, not the standard of God. So they lower the standard of God, right? We've talked about that before. And today, pastors and teachers can even teach a clear instruction from God and the people are going to continue to live how they want. Remember in the Bible, Jesus was performing miracles to so many people. We discussed Capernaum and Bethsaida. Those people, they saw and they heard and they still didn't repent. Why? Because they chose not to, right? But still, they want to sprinkle God in their life in the form of religion. And if you know God, you know that he is not after religion. He is after relationship, right? But still people, they flip-flop from Saturday to Sunday because serving God can flex around their personal agenda. Do we know people like this? They live every day how they want and they attend church on holidays only. So again, that's the sprinkle of God. They don't go to church or read the Bible, but they participate in religious activities like Lent. For example, that's the only exposure to God that they have, that they tell themselves that they have. And this in itself is not experiencing God in many cases. For many people, they aren't experiencing God. You see, that is just sprinkling God on your personal agenda, and that is unrighteous. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, it reads, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So this is addressed in the Bible, right? We just talked about this. So what we just read was the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Okay, who's in the house of God? The church people right? I'm in the house of God. Are you in the house of God? We are accountable. Why? Because we have heard the word. That's why I said this is not addressing those who haven't heard the word. So it's not outside the house. For me to judge those who are truly innocent, and just to be clear, those who are truly innocent does not include those who know, who've heard the word, and they know to attend church, and they know to obey God, yet they choose not to. That's not an innocent person, right? But truly innocent, ignorant of the teachings, for me to judge them would be unrighteous. Those who heard and they did not obey, those in the church I'm talking about, they will be judged according to their righteousness. I'm going to be judged according to my righteousness, Amen. Judgment is for us in the church and it's daily. It's daily. If we claim to serve God, it's daily and we better judge ourselves now so that we can receive any deliverance, right? So that we can repent, so that we can be right with God and we can change rather than later when it's too late. So the judgment is coming to the house of God. And I want to ask you, are you ready? Only you know that for yourself. Continuing in verse 18, and again, I'm in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 18. It says, now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? 
So Peter spoke about righteousness and he said scarcely. So the righteous one is barely saved. Can you imagine? Barely saved. How much more the one who is unrighteous or the one who cannot make up their mind. The righteous are barely saved. So they live on the line, step over the line and say hello to hell. We're right there, barely saved. That's what that means. You're so close to the line. That's what it is to be barely saved. We should have no self-confidence. Amen. We've talked about this before. No self-confidence in our salvation because this verse confirms that if we are righteous still, if the line is here, right? The Lord's coming to divide. So imagine a line. You are living a righteous life, but still you're so close to the line because you're barely saved. Amen. If we are living a righteous life, Christians ought to be humble. You and me, we should not think too highly of ourselves for this reason. Don't you know that you are at the edge? There's going to be no help. If you go over the edge, there's no help. Again, one wrong move, and that's it. If the righteous are barely saved, what about the ungodly? Those who are faithfully learning and serving, do you consider yourself righteous? With this teaching in mind, we ought to be humble. Are you humble? And again, I say it in a mirror. Am I humble? It's up to us to know that about ourselves. How much more for those who are not taking God seriously? Hell is real, and it's awful, and it's painful. An eternal fire, eternal pain and suffering, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Aren't you worried for those who are not living right? By grace, through faith, we are saved. Think of your friends and family. I think of them often. Think of your teachers, your coworkers. Where are they going? So let us not be prideful because we are a Christian, right? There should be no pride in us just because we identify as Christian. We should be grateful. God is the ultimate source of righteousness. And you know, man removed the righteousness of God in the first days. Righteousness was placed on man as a covering. And since it was removed today, this is the state of man creating their own rules. Man's righteousness is referred to as nakedness. We came into the world naked. We returned naked. And I'm referring to, of course, the story in Genesis. And we are all familiar with the story in Genesis. Adam and Eve in the garden. Do you remember this? This is chapter 3 in Genesis, the fall of man. And we're not going to read it word for word, but I encourage you to read this in your own time. You know, Adam was given the earth. Adam received dominion. Then God gave Adam Eve. They could eat anything and everything they wanted except fruit from one specific tree. We know this, right? So naturally, man is curious, so they wanted to know more about the tree of which they could not eat from. Isn't that true? If someone says, no, don't do that, don't you want to do that? Don't you want to understand why? This is especially true for little kids. You know, I have a daughter who's learning so much, and her pappy taught her not to touch the stove because it's hot. And you know, it's not enough to just tell her, no, don't touch that, right? You have to explain why. You have to demonstrate why, safely, of course. So Pappy grabbed my daughter's hand and brought it close and very cautiously to the stove so that she could feel the heat. She needed to understand that it's hot. And since this experience, she knows now that why she cannot touch it. She doesn't even try. No, 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 I don't want to touch that, mommy, right? People in this life, are going to receive their own chastisement if you're stubborn, of course. So if you get burnt from the stove, right? Chastisement. I told you not to do that, but you did it. 
Now you're burnt. Chastisement. So people today, they're going to live life how they want. And they're going to learn through discipline from God. And Ezekiel said, if you find trouble and they don't listen, they're in trouble. I'm going to read in Revelation 22 because it supports what I just said. And it says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. So if they want to be unjust, let them be. If they've chosen that, let them go. So today, if you don't want to go to church, if you know to go to church, right? If that's something that's been recommended to you that God said, and you don't want to go, don't go. If you don't want to show up, don't show up. You don't want to come to the prayer conference on a Saturday, your only day off, don't. We should not control people if they hear the warning many times, right? We can warn them. But if they hear it many times, you're no longer accountable. They are accountable for themselves. Something will happen in the lives of all who do not live for God. He brings the judgment. And today, people, they want to blame their pastor or their godly counsel. When troubles come to their life, they say, why don't you tell me, pastor? And the pastor is going to say, hey, I did, but you didn't listen. And because they didn't listen, God deals with them. If you are living a life without fear and trembling before God, this is not a life demonstrating belief in God. This is not a life that demonstrates obedience. And remember, partial obedience is disobedience. If you're only obeying some, you can expect the discipline. It's coming for you. Disaster is coming for you. That's what we learn in the word of God. I want to go back to Genesis chapter three. You know, Eve wanted to be wise. So God gave this instruction, but Eve wanted to be wise. And maybe this is why there are many more female witches today, right? Do you know that? They want to be powerful. If a woman or man wants to join Satan's team, again, it's majority women, but they get on the team. He accepts everyone and he seals your faith to hell. God, however, is very selective. There's requirements. In verse seven of chapter three, it says, then the eyes of both, so both Adam and Eve were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So the eyes of both Adam and Eve, they were opened. So what does that mean? It means they are no longer spiritual beings, right? They were made in the likeness of God and they were blind to the natural, but they, in this moment, they became materialistic, no longer acting like children of God. They learned that they needed something, clothes. They could see that they were naked. So their once natural blindness transformed into spiritual blindness, they could no longer stand in the presence of God with this unrighteous covering. And God actually said, Adam, Eve, where are you? And this is in verse eight in the same chapter. And it reads, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called out to Adam and said to him, where are you? You know, God knows and sees all. God knew there was a change. Today, it's becoming so difficult for people to accept that there is one absolute righteousness. I mentioned that earlier. And sadly, people just do what feels right and what feels good, right? They make up their own God, like a robot God, an artificial intelligence God. They program their God and they manipulate his word and his commandments to fit around their life. This is choosing a life of deception. You deceive yourself into thinking that you are righteous. Man is making their own God who approves and bends the rules. This is not God. 
This is not the God I know. This is not the God in the Holy Word. Many still continue to do what feels right. We are living in a lost world today. Not all are lost, but many are. We serve God by reaching the lost, right? We spread the gospel. That's how we're living for him. If you are living a righteous life, this is something that you're doing. Amen? We want to hear from God. We don't want to hear from a robot God. Yet still many claim to be found, and they even sing that they're found in church. The words that come out of our mouths matter, and they bring accountability to us. They claim to be found, and they claim that they are armed with righteousness, but truthfully, they're only armed with their own righteousness and opinions and their breastplate in the spirit is so clear to the enemy. God is asking people like this, where are you? So man, Christians, church, God is asking you, where are you? Right? What does he mean by that? You've gone astray. You've become wrapped in your own righteousness that I cannot see you anymore. This is the world today, church. Only God can delay the time until the end. And Daniel shares that the knowledge revolution comes first, then the end. And we are in and have been in the knowledge revolution. These are the end times. We do need to be righteous now. And you know, we look at eternity. We're only on earth for a few moments. The amount of time that makes up our life on earth is just a tiny speck on our timeline of eternity. I want you to draw a really long line And on that line, just put a speck. That's your time on earth. It matters what we do here. And the next life is forever and ever. So we must live right. We must live right. We must work out our own salvation today. We must have a breastplate of righteousness that reveals our spiritual face that we are living a righteous life, that we bring the war that we can mess up Satan's plans, not because of us, but because of the power of God. So we must believe and have faith in Jesus today. That's now. And we must live according to everything he teaches, not just some, everything. No partial obedience is okay with God. And I want to encourage you. I want you to teach others how to follow Christ. You can't just say follow Christ. Teach them how. Teach them. They need to understand how to get there. You have to teach them repentance. You have to teach them sanctification. You have to teach them to live a life of consecration and what that means. Provide them instructions. This is why we have a relational God. You can't just teach someone in five seconds, right? You develop a relationship with them, right? And you're talking about God. You have to lay it all aside to get the one who matters. You are the one to purge out your sin. You are the one to say, I don't want to be unrighteous anymore right? So explain how to do this. Teach others how to truly serve God. Amen? So I'll close with this, and it's just a question. Where are you? Adam, Eve, Christians, church, mom, dad, friend, family. Where are you? Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.